For years, Minky Couture has been donating blankets to NICUs across the country. Owner Sandy Henry's grandson was born at 30 weeks, and she placed a mini blanket in her grandson's incubator. We want to help other NICU families with the Heart of Minky program. For every adult-sized blanket purchased, Minky Couture will donate a mini-sized blanket to NICUs across the nation. Thanks to you, we can fulfill our dream to blanket the world. Aquí estamos preguntando sobre supersticiones financieras. Bueno, en mi familia decían, si te pica la mano, no te la rasques porque viene dinero. Pero si quieres controlar tu presupuesto, hay una manera mucho más práctica. ¿En serio? Con el plan precio personal de State Farm, puedes crear un precio accesible solo para ti. Y sin aguantar picazón, me gusta. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Llama para obtener una cotización hoy. Los precios varían según el estado. La elegibilidad para la selección de cobertura podría variar. Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle, free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Ravenslayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school, but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Lady Boy Gigi, a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. This is Lady Boy Gigi bringing another episode of Adult Bedtime Stories. And tonight we're going to be talking about sex magic, mm. all those amazing things you can do. But before I get into sex magic, I'd like to talk a little bit about what magic is, at least as I understand it. And as you've heard on this show in the past, part of my belief system is that we are energy beings within a physical body. 
And we have energy centers in our bodies. It's called the chakras. And part of magic is just working with that energy. Sometimes you can use it to project out into the world. Sometimes you can use it to change things in your life. Part of magic to me is the way the whole brain works and how you can tell yourself a new story and it will change your entire life. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, the things we tell ourselves. And I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. <laughs> and we've got two other guests that are listening in with us. And if they want to introduce themselves, feel free. Uh, this is Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. <laughs> so anyway, sex magic is about raising that sexual energy and then putting it out there for some kind of working. Sometimes it's to change the world. Sometimes it's to change our own attitudes about ourselves or change ourselves. And I went through some very powerful sex magic rituals over the course of my life. I think one of the biggest one was when I really started getting t in terms with being a hermaphrodite. And I wanted a symbol and a magical working to really reclaim my identity as a hermaphrodite. And so I had a reverse Prince Albert done on my penis, <laughs> a piercing. We had about 15, 20 people at the ritual in many pagan ceremonies. We called the quarters east, south, west, and north, which symbolizes east is air, south is fire, west is water, and north is earth. And then we call in whatever deities we wish to be a part of this. And one of my favorite deities is Aphrodite, and my other favorite is Baphomet. <laughs> and Baphomet is kind of misunderstood in our culture. The Christian religion kind of turned them into the devil, <laughs> basically. In the tarot deck, Baphomet is the devil card. And he's got a woman and a man on chains with a collar around their necks. And if you look on their faces, they aren't in misery. They're in ecstasy. <laughs> he gets into the darker side of sexuality, which I enjoy doing from time to time myself. So anyway, during this ritual... We called the quarters, we called the deities, and then the ritual began, and the priestess that was doing the ritual for me, she asked me if I was ready to reclaim my right to be what I was born to be, at least symbolically. And so she put a new hole in my genitals, representing the feminine side that was surgically removed from my body. And she didn't just stick the needle right through. She went very slowly, a third of the way through. And then stopped and talked for a little while. And then she went another third of the way through. And then she asked me, 
are you ready to reclaim your right to be a hermaphrodite? I said, yes. And then that's when she ran the needle the rest of the way through. Basically, we went through a lot of workings during this. I remember that everyone in the room by the end of the ritual was both laughing and crying. (laughs) It was a very powerful working. And it was the first time in my life I felt that sense of true identity with the sex that I am. I didn't feel like a woman. I didn't feel like a man. But I didn't really... It wasn't until that ritual that all of a sudden I felt like what I was born to be. And so it was a very powerful working (laughs) Mm -hmm. in the sense that at an energy level it just made me more complete Mm -hmm. with who I am and what I am. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's one of my experiences with sex magic. Mm -hmm. There's many other experiences and I'll share some more later Mm -hmm. in the show, but... Paul, did you have some you wanted to talk about? Oh, of course. Through the work that we've done together, you've introduced me to a lot of different aspects of sex magic. And one of the ones that's really important that has taught me a lot and I've gotten a lot out of is very early on you had me start meditating and focusing on a picture that you gave me that is of of your cock and you you doing work on it and really using that as a symbol and it's one of the things that you tell me when you you work with me is that there is there is power in your cock and that last night we had an experience together that was very powerful that was very very strong and that was kind of like central to it. And um, having something that is a, a symbol that is something that you can use as um, like a magical focus to put your energy into and also draw energy from, that's mm-hmm. a very powerful form of magic. And it's One that has definitely shaped a lot of my training with you. Yeah, and basically, when you use this symbol, it's called a sigil. I forget how it's spelled. I think it's S-I-G-I-L, sigil. Mm -hmm. And basically, especially for sex magic, I've done some rituals where at the end of the sex magic working, we all reached orgasm together as a group to send energy out. And it's real hard to stay focused on your intent (laughs) during orgasm. So what the sigil does is you, at the beginning of the ritual, you take all your intent for the ritual and symbolize it in either drawing or uh, item, and that becomes your sigil. And when you come to the point of orgasm, you look at the sigil and that draws that energy and puts mm-hmm. the magic working to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's hard to put this stuff into words because so much of it is just energy-based. Mm-hmm. It's working with your body's energies. It's working with the mm-hmm. Earth's energies. Yeah. 
it's bringing a balance mm-hmm. back to the world and and sometimes it's you know I've been to other rituals in San Francisco we did a a ritual it was the spiral dance and mm-hmm. we had over 2000 people as part of this ritual and in a spiral dance basically you get to eat, see each person's face once at least once during the dance and it's this long spiraling dance where everybody's holding hands and going around in a spiral and it, one of the things we were doing was they had, a woman had collected waters from all over the world where water systems were horribly polluted and she brought them to this ritual mm-hmm. and part of the intent of the ritual was to raise consciousness about clean water and especially in third world countries where mm-hmm. people are dying because they don't have access to good drinking water. So it really raised a lot of consciousness around the world mm-hmm. by doing this ritual. And I've seen in the media lately that there are companies that are starting to put in new water mm-hmm. filtration systems in third world countries so people have safe drinking water. Yeah. So, you know, I know this stuff works. <laughs> doesn't always work immediately, but it does work. We mm-hmm. put that energy out to the universe, and, and then it comes back. So it's really amazing stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. But any other stories you want to share? Yeah. So one of the things that's kind of wrapped up in magic and, and sex magic that I've also been working with you a lot on is the idea of worship and the concept of worship worship and what worship means and i remember you telling me that in the the ancient sex temples they they weren't just places that you went to worship a deity they were places that you went to be worshiped and to to worship other people and for for everything that they are and as energy beings, we are part of divinity. Yeah. We are part of the, well, mm-hmm. actually our bodies are made up of stardust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it houses our that spark of life, that part mm-hmm. of us that's an energy being. That which We're, makes you am- animate. Right. And so it's this animate part of us, that that energy part of us that we can raise amazing energy mm-hmm. and then send it out and during the the spiral dance we raised a cone of power and send it out mm-hmm. and I tell you I was everybody in the room with that many people working on it mm-hmm. it just became electric I mm-hmm. mean I was tingling all through my body <laughs> mm-hmm. it was amazing but but the the point I wanted to get to to, to by bringing this up is that there are honestly probably as many ways to worship as there are people in the world mm-hmm. there's no wrong way to to worship it's it's being mindful and it's using different techniques and different just things to kind of bring your consciousness to 
a specific point and be mindfully aware that you're pouring your energy into something. And it, it's, it's a very strong need in people that I think a lot of us, especially those of us that have been harmed by religion, have kind of lost touch with. But I, I still think that even the people who are demystified still do wind up doing worship even when they don't realize that that's what they're doing. Yeah. And one, you bring up an important point. I once had a shaman tell me, you can do a perfect ritual where everything goes smooth and works out just great. But if you have the wrong intent going into the ritual, it'll fall flat. Intent is everything. And so when you do magical workings or you do pagan rituals, the intent is what's so critically important. Setting an intent from informing that genital heart connection and being really clear on what you want to accomplish. The whole ritual can go horribly wrong, but if you have the right intent set, the results will come through. <laughs> So I always thought that was very wise insight. Yeah. And that, that's one of the things that when you first started, first start getting into doing magic, it's real easy to feel like you're doing it wrong or there's something that you're missing. But the... The thing is, there is no wrong way to do it. Mm -hmm. you, You're correct. <laughs> yeah. There, there is no wrong way to do it. It's all about taking that intention and doing something to set that intention. And that's where ritual comes in. Because ritual, no matter what it is, helps you have a physical manifestation of that intention and the more that you you practice ritual the more that you practice these things and they become something that you're used to the easier it is to get the the physical manifestation right and by going through that often enough it helps you set your intention better and better and really either manifest things in the world that you want or you know, make changes in yourself that you want to make uh, affect the world in whatever way you're, you're looking to. The next story I'd like to share was one that Paul was actually in attendance at. The intent of the ritual is to bring equality back to men and women, but to bring the sense of we are all in this together and that women are powerful beings. There's power in the pussy, too. <laughs> Bringing a whole new way of working together as equals, not having women be subservient at any level, and getting in touch with the roles we play and understanding 
a process of socialization that affects us so negatively from living in a sex-negative culture. And so we raised energy, and I sacrificed my cock and invited people to come up with a wooden paddle and beat it (laughs) into submission as a symbol for the bad male energy out there. And then, at the end of the ritual, I masturbated my feminine parts deep inside with a metal rod that is called a sound, vibrating sound, and I had a female orgasm at the end of the ritual. Mm-hmm. Would you like to add any, your perspective of that working? <laughs> so, that was a, a very interesting night. That was um, kind of early on when uh, we were working together. I I actually don't know it if at that point we were even doing regular sessions. Oh, we weren't at that point. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, it was really, really powerful and really, really intense. And I I really think that a a lot of people got a lot out of it. It it seemed like the the women there, especially, women are, are often harmed by the male-dominated world that we live in and the the regressive uh, sexual uh, sex roles and, uh, you know, sexual stereotypes that we have. And it seemed like a lot of them not only were working out their own personal baggage through through that and, you know, healing themselves through that, but also that they realized the the bigger picture of what they were doing and that they were involved with a ritual and really allowed that energy to flow through them and to like empower change in the world. Yeah. And it was also we had some statements that we read out periodically and even had card big play cards that we lifted up with sex affirming statements. I am a powerful sexual being. Mm-hmm. I love my sex energy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of sex positive statements. So it was really mm-hmm. raising the energy in the room. And then at the end of the ritual, we sent it out to the world to bring into the universe to help bring more quality to women and men too. Because men are equally harmed having to play the role of the dominant. Mm-hmm. the pursuer, and, you know, all that's so arbitrary. It's all based on what's between your legs, which yeah. is doesn't even take account of one's personality or one's stream of consciousness. I've known a lot of men that really don't want to be in that, and I never wanted to be in that position mm-hmm. of power. I, I like being free and open and very laid back. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I think that one of the other things is when you are socialized as a man in in this culture, this idea that if you don't conform to the toxic gender roles and gender stereotypes, that that makes you 
not a man, less of a man, and you you get shamed t- till you. Oh conform. hell! I used to get beaten up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beaten up and shamed <laughs> until you conform to these regressive gender roles, and it's. I think it's completely damaging to a, a lot of guys, especially guys that you know are naturally uh, sim- sensitive and empathetic, and you know really don't want to be put in that position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to steer back a little bit to sex magic, mm-hmm. and part of se- I even consider my morning affirmations as a form of sex magic because I. Raise my sexual energy. I get very erect and play with my whole body before I even do the affirmations and get that into that headspace, that mm-hmm. kind of space where conscious of and fully present, mm-hmm. fully in the here and now, mm-hmm. that higher consciousness. And I raise that energy up and get into that headspace. And that opens us up more to receiving. Mm-hmm. And then I state the positive affirmations. And the affirmations are basically things I want to change in my life mm-hmm. to become a better person. Like I say things like I'm a sexy sexual creature, that mm-hmm. I'm a priestess of the sacred harlots. Mm-hmm. I am a person of personal power that I can help change the world and make a more sex-positive mm-hmm. world through mm-hmm. my workings and my energy. Mm-hmm. And I reaffirm that. And that's partly how I even started this show, mm-hmm. was from my morning affirmations. I, I saw this show as a great opportunity to help create a more sex-positive world. Mm-hmm. I remember early on, when I first started doing morning affirmations, I felt skinny, I felt awkward, I had Mm -hmm. poor eye-hand coordination. And I said, I started turning around my mind talk about it. And that's a type of sex magic, or magic, not sex magic, but, Mm -hmm. well, it was sex magic because I raised that sexual energy and Mm -hmm. put it to work on it. Yeah. And... Basically, I started saying, oh, my arms are long and elegant in their length. I have graceful movements. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't consciously do this, but all of a sudden, a few months later, I signed up for gymnastics mm-hmm. and then for a modern dance class and mm-hmm. then for ballet. Mm-hmm. And... It became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I became more graceful in my movements. Yeah. I walked with a better walk. Mm-hmm. I danced beautifully, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially around the Rebels fire. <laughs> <laughs> with the drumming and, the, mm-hmm. and oh, it just takes you places. Mm-hmm. And so magic and sex magic can really help us transform our lives. Yeah, and I was going to say that's a great example example of sex magic because affirmations by themselves are, is a form of magic, and you can do it without the sexual energy. But when you add the sexual component, it it makes it that much stronger. It well, it puts you in the right headspace and mm-hmm. in the right con. 
level of consciousness. Exactly. That's when we're in the throes of orgasm or near the throes of orgasm, mm-hmm. we're fully present mm-hmm. and we're in a more sacred mind space. Well, th- that's one of the things I was going to say because when you first started talking about doing affirmations with me, I uh, I started doing affirmations, but like I I didn't do it with any sexual component. And when I was doing that, I'd feel awkward, and then like after after a while, like I'd get into it a little bit, but still feel awkward and weird about it. But then after we talked more, and after I started adding that sexual component, like I completely got over myself, and I didn't feel that awkwardness anymore and I felt completely comfortable to just really you mm-hmm. know allow these things to just be my truth and I think our most powerful magical instrument is our mind mm-hmm. and getting in the right headspace and getting in the right mindset we can do amazing things mm-hmm one of the things I learned, and this helps me a lot, it's a very short kind of not sex magic, but magical working. And if you ever have to be on stage or present to an audience or even for a job interview, you can do something called the victory stance. And what you want to do is think back to a time when you really nailed it. You won something or you accomplished something. And you see people in sports doing it right after they finish the finishing line first. And they kind of spread themselves out and they jump for joy. And Well, you do that, picture that moment in your head and then do the jump and that spreading out. And believe me, it will bring up your self-confidence and you'll radiate to the crowd right before you present. You'll walk on stage fully radiant and successful. <laughs> and part of what that does is it releases, they've actually done studies, when you do the victory stance, you're releasing certain chemicals in your brain that get released when you're victorious and when you've accomplished something. And and just by taking that stance, it kind of sets the stage for you to be more successful. So, we're coming up on the midpoint of the show. So, um, we're, we're doing our station break right now, and I would like to let everyone know that it takes a lot for us to put this podcast on, and so far we've been doing it out of pocket, and we could really, really use some help, and we could get better better equipment, and and things if we had some people help help us up out. So if you're interested in helping, you can go to our Patreon page at Patreon forward forward slash Ladyboy Gigi, and then you should also visit our website <laughs> RavenslayerLeather.com. <laughs> yes, um, and while you're there, uh, we have a whole host of different training videos available. Some are free, some are charged, and it's a more in-depth version of what we do on this show. You can learn 
everything from uh, body image healing to BDSM intermediate and beginner and, and expert level. There are training videos on all sorts of things, and each of the training videos come with different handouts and worksheets, uh, and, worksheets and, and, and and things of that nature. So if you're interested, visit ravenslayerleather.com. And that's R-I-V-E-N-S-L-A-I-R-L-E-A-T-H-E-R.com. Mm-hmm. A lot of people hear layer and they think it's spelled differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then also um, we have uh, a feature at the end of our podcast where we take questions from from listeners. And if you're interested in submitting a question or a comment or you know anything that you don't want to put out publicly, um, you can reach Gigi at his email. What What is that email again? It's admin, A-D-M-I-N, at ravenslayerleather.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and while we're on station break, we just got back from a couple of, well, I got back from a couple of pagan festivals, so I'm feeling really charged tonight. It was an amazing couple of festivals. We had Day of the Dead rituals. We had rituals all around Samhain, about Samhain, and even had one ritual where we came close to the veil and heard what we needed to hear from the other side. It was a very amazing experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and since we're talking about magic on our show tonight, some of these rituals I attend are so magical and just amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It raises the energy. It, it's like coming home again. Mm-hmm. When I go to these things, it's like, you're around people that are kindred spirits, and there's a lot of love energy and a lot of uh, just connecting with one another. So it's very special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that uh, you know. I was mm-hmm. I was there for one of the festivals, and yeah. I know that when you're out there, you always do a ritual out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I know that the one that we did was over breaking taboos. Um, what, did you do that one twice, or did you? No, no, we had one? the um, woman in her coven come oh. in and do the main ritual at ESA. Oh, yeah, the, the one for Lilith. Yeah, and it was a very good ritual. I mean, she raised Lilith energy and told the story of Lilith. Mm. For those that aren't familiar, Lilith was the first woman that God made with Adam. But she was too dominant. And she liked to be on top and ride him like a bronco. (laughs) And Adam didn't like that. He wanted a submissive woman. So then uh, poor Lilith was cast out of the garden. And then God created 
Eve out of his ribs so that she would be more subservient. As the story goes. But I like Lilith. She's a firecracker. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she brings sex energy to the table like nobody else. <laughs> mm. With no reserve, no sense of guilt or shame. Mm-hmm. But we raised the Lilith energy in temple that night. And, ah, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> That sounds really, really And that's good. in Aphrodite's temple. Mm-hmm. It was amazing night, and people enjoyed the erotic pleasures that mm-hmm. night after the ritual. It's really good. Mm. <laughs> sounds really, really good. Oh, yes. And while we're kind of getting back into sex magic now... Because that ritual had a lot of sex magic kind of within it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, and a lot of the women that attended just felt that Lilith energy swell up in them and became very in touch with their own sexual energy mm-hmm. without any reservations. They just kind of got in touch with the power of being a woman. And women can be very powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They got a very strong power, especially during the moon time, or <laughs> menses time, mm-hmm. that time of the month. <laughs> In our culture, we tend to frown on it and shy away from it. And many ancient cultures did, too. They actually set up what was called the bread tent for women during their moon time. And they couldn't be around men. And I think part of it was because that's the time when women really get in touch with their power. Yeah. And it scared men. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, that's a whole different topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any thoughts about the ritual that you got to see me do? So, ritual performance. So so the the ritual uh to to for breaking taboo um was a uh, a process of readings that Gigi wrote um that was kind of a back and forth uh conversation between kind of the, one voice that was the archetype the, well the archetype of um what what were the two archetypes there's the archetype of the kind of villain the, mm-hmm. the taboo itself like mm-hmm. things like oh if you have sex you're going to be stained for life yeah. it's filthy and dirty mm-hmm. don't do it mm-hmm. and then uh, actual factual information Mm-hmm. That oh, sex actually brings us to this state of ecstasy, to the be fully present and in the moment, and it's a very sacred space to be in. Mm-hmm. And so we, and there's a whole bunch of taboos we cover. Everything from can't think of them off the top of my head, but things like the Prince Charming complex mm-hmm. yeah that there's one and only one soulmate mm-hmm. and if you 
get married and fall in love and have 2.5 kids. You're going to live happily ever after with this person. They're going to fix all your problems in life. And mm-hmm. and it's a myth. <laughs> yeah. It's a taboo. Mm-hmm. And and that, it was really interesting to, to watch that ritual because these are cultural messages that uh, we're fed our entire life. It's often so ingrained that it's not something that we think about on a regular basis. And when you... Well, just by the definition of taboo, a taboo mm-hmm. is something that's seldom discussed. Mm-hmm. It's not written down anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just through social conditioning, we receive it. Mm-hmm. We all do in a sex-negative culture. Yeah. And it has a very pervasive effect on our life that we're barely even aware of half the time. Oh, yeah. Um, and so by breaking these taboos, it mm-hmm. gives us that freedom and that ability to really live life more fully. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And, I, you know, I, I think that it's very good for he- people to hear those things out loud. In fact, I did a podcast a while back on Breaking Taboo and Mm -hmm. did the whole Breaking Taboo ritual Mm -hmm. in the podcast. Ah. (laughs) So look back in our Mm -hmm. shows and find Breaking Taboo. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If you want to hear all the different taboos and the archetypes that, and if you want to break those forces in your life and live more liberated and free and step out of the dark ages of sexuality listen to that show Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah but i i think that it's very good for people to hear those things spoken out loud that they've only been fed by the culture and even if you know they have personally rejected a lot of that those taboos like first of all you know, there's a lot of taboos that people haven't broken yet. And um, second of all, there's things that people don't even think of, think about. It's just something that has been fed to them forever. And, you know, to to watch so many people go through that experience of, like, listening to to all of those things spoken out loud that are seldom actually said out loud is a very cathartic experience. And not only that, at the end of the ritual, we had each person write down on a piece of paper the taboo they wanted to break in their life. And it could have been one of the ones we covered in the ritual, or it could be anyone that they kind of felt at work in their life bringing an ill effect in their life and so they wrote it down part of breaking taboo is to give it a name Mm -hmm. and by naming it it's really the first step in breaking it Mm -hmm. it pulls it out of the ether into visibility and so they wrote it down and then we did a procession out to the fire and set them aflame Mm -hmm. (laughs) as an offering very powerful ritual. <laughs> yes. And that's part of, I mean, while that one wasn't specifically sex magic, 
it involves sexuality. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many things that are interwoven together. Yeah. I mean, magic and sex magic Mm -hmm. can be very powerful forces in our life. Yeah. And we can really make amazing changes and experience Mm -hmm. growth like you'd never believe. Mm -hmm. And I I think one thing that's important to to note is that is that you can use magic to affect your sex life and you can use sex magic to affect your non-sexual life oh yeah and you know i know a lot of people think oh i want to do magic to get find a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, and, get rich. or to find a spe- have a specific girl or boy fall in love with them, and it doesn't work that way. Basically, you need to do magic to make yourself more sexually appealing, more radiant, and more desirable, mm-hmm. and attract those who will be attracted, mm-hmm. and allow the universe to. S- come through and you might be amazed that the -hmm. person you thought you wanted wasn't really the right one to really take you there (laughs) yeah and so you never know (laughs) and i i think that it's important to note that it's i i think that it's easier to use magic to either change something within yourself i think that's the easiest thing to use magic for and then when you use magic but you can also use it to raise social consciousness yeah but that's the thing like you use magic to raise social consciousness you use magic to uh affect the world in a broad way but you don't use magic to affect the world in extremely specific ways you know it's harder to use magic to say like oh i want a new car and i'm going to manifest a new car it's a lot easier to use magic to get to the point where you feel that all of your needs are fulfilled Mm -hmm. and well i would say that you know there are times when you can use magic for more money coming in Mm -hmm. or more but it depends on how you want to use that money Mm -hmm. i think for me when i do magic around money Mm -hmm. it's to be able to do more work to help change the world not just for personal gain yeah definitely and i think that well i even did magic when i was restoring my foreskin Mm -hmm. it was doing those creative visualizations, Mm -hmm. seeing the foreskin actually grow longer and longer. Mm -hmm. And it took me a year and a half, but I actually totally restored my foreskin. Mm -hmm. And talk about self-empowerment. That was awesome. I felt like, wow, I did it. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. an accomplishment. Yeah. Now, it took a long time, but Mm -hmm. it took dedication and, yeah, but that's part of what magic's about—is yeah. being responsible and being dedicated. 
to the working. And that that's another important point about magic is that, you know, it's not a thing that happens overnight, like cast a magical spell and then wind up, you know, waking up tomorrow and having everything completely change and you don't shoot magic out of your fingertips and watch the world change around you. It's kind of a slow process. Sometimes it can be a faster process. Oh yeah, it's... I've had results happen within sometimes days or weeks. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the working and mm-hmm. the energies you're putting into it and the things you're trying to accomplish with it. Yeah. But I've seen amazing changes result. <laughs> so I've noticed in my life the uh, more powerful the transformation I've experienced, the longer it's taken to culminate. Yeah. Um, often, and which have often been uh, experiences at burns and yeah. uh, things that <laughs> you know, I, I places I wanted to get or meditation that I wanted to reach or achieve, and it almost always takes you know like a year before i start seeing the culmination and like things start changing around and in my mind and for it and at first it was that dude the next day you're like everything went back to normal you know like you know compared (laughs) to what happened yesterday and it it took me a while to realize that it it does take a lot you know and part of of it is it's like a it's like moving a really large boat you know it takes a while before you realize you're actually out to sea oh yeah And one of the things that I like to remind people, especially with the morning affirmations, usually it takes about 60 days to establish a new pattern in the brain, a new thought process. But once it gets established, it becomes very powerful. That's why I recommend when you start doing morning affirmations, do them for 60 days before you judge whether it's working or not. (laughs) because it does take time and basically when you're doing morning affirmations you're setting up a new neural net pathway in the brain it's Mm -hmm. like when you're learning how to drive a car at first you have to think about every step and you repeat it you repeat it and after a while you don't think about it anymore you just get in the car and go (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that's because you've established a neural net pathway in the brain for driving a car and so you don't even have to think about it. It's, it's Our minds are amazing because they can actually kind of hardwire certain repeated functions into our brains. Mm-hmm. They're very amenable that way. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that's an important point because I think a lot of times when people think about magic, they think that it's completely um, outside of the realm of science. And I've always said that for a lot of forms of magic, that it, it's, you know, it's just science that we don't understand yet. It's And they're proving more and more. I mean, they've actually mapped out the electrical system of the body and the energy mm-hmm. system and mm-hmm. see that it does extend beyond our physical form mm-hmm. a few feet and that we have chakras that actually are energy centers of the body, and mm-hmm. they've been able to measure this scientifically and yeah. prove that this stuff works. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing. Uh, you know, our our science hasn't completely 
caught up to the the magic that some people can do, but it is not incompatible with science. It's completely a part of science, even if science doesn't completely understand what's going on yet. Yeah. And I think we're coming to the top of the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy, time flies when you're having fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Anyway, uh, we didn't get any questions this week. Mm -hmm. Of course, I've been out of town two weekends in a row. Yeah. And I got back to uh, close to a thousand emails. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nothing on the show, unfortunately. (laughs) Other stuff. (laughs) But we would welcome you to ask questions if you have a topic you want us to cover mm-hmm. maybe something really nasty that <laughs> you would like to learn more about on this show i mean don't be shy believe it or not i've probably tried everything at least once <laughs> <laughs> at least everything i can think of mm-hmm. and if you have something new for me to try i'll try it out <laughs> <laughs> i love trying new sex stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> We might even do a show about it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, we will. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, who knows? Maybe I might even do it live on the show. (laughs) (laughs) On After Hours, we got banned a few times for doing (laughs) live sex on the show. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But that was the past. Mm -hmm. But you never know what I might come up with next on the show. <laughs> it can be a lot of fun. It can. The email, if you want to send in a question privately, comes directly to me. Nobody has access except me. And it's admin at ravenslayerleather.com. So be sure to comment, send me your comments, send me your suggestions. I'll try anything once. <laughs> and y'all have a good night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.
For years, Minky Couture has been donating blankets to NICUs across the country. Owner Sandy Henry's grandson was born at 30 weeks, and she placed a mini blanket in her grandson's incubator. We want to help other NICU families with the Heart of Minky program. For every adult-sized blanket purchased, Minky Couture will donate a mini-sized blanket to NICUs across the nation. Thanks to you, we can fulfill our dream to blanket the world.